from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Our phone number is 888-825-5225. It's book launch day around here. We are launching George Camel's brand new book, Breaking Free from Broke. It hits the streets literally today. And uh, the shelves, I should say, not the streets. We're not going to throw it in the street. We're going to throw it on the shelves. That could be a strategy. But you never know. You never know. Drop it out of an airplane on somebody's head. There you go. But there you go. Breaking Free from Broke. The Ultimate Guide to More Money and Less Stress. Great new book. Breaking down the villains that are out there trying to take your money. Well-documented, great data, and great snark. You don't want to miss it at RamseySolutions.com. You need the combo so it doesn't get too boring. There we go. Chris is with us. Chris is in Spokane, Washington. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, guys. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so I made the mistake of getting into a house with my ex-fiance. Um, and I just, yeah, I just don't know where to go from there. Um, she, We were in the house for like about seven months, and then she decided to pull the plug on us. And I'm just kind of confused and don't know where to go and how to handle it. Wow. You're a case study in why we tell people not to buy stuff with people they're not married to yet. Oh, I'm so sorry, Chris. Yeah. Oh, man, you got a heartbreak and you got a pain in the butt both, huh? Yeah. How long ago was the breakup? Uh, about three months ago. Who's living in the house? Um, I moved out recently and she's staying in the house right now. Have we discussed when we are going to sell our house? Um, we have discussed it, and we've actually talked to a realtor about putting it on the market, but she would only walk away with about two grand, which I was okay with, but she wasn't up for just getting rid of or just getting back to two grand. Sorry. Right. Don't care. And that's what I told her. Don't care what you want. You broke up. We are selling this house. Get it on the market. If she won't do yeah. that, you're going to have to hire an attorney and force her to. Okay, and that was, I was kind of going that route to see if I could hire somebody to get her on board to do that. No, I think you call her and go sit down and say, look, I really want to do this the easy way. There's an easy way and a hard way, but we have to get rid of this house. This house is, we are not together in the future, and we are not owning a house together in the future. We are getting rid of the house. Now, do you want to put the house on the market and let's do this nice, or are we going to have to get ugly? Okay. I'll sit down in person with her, have a very calm conversation. Don't bring up all the past. Don't bring up all your heartache and your broken everything. It's a simple conversation about we are selling the house that we own together because we aren't together anymore, and we are doing that now are you on board with doing that because if you're not this is going to get nasty and i don't want to be nasty right and it's been pretty nasty already so yeah yeah and so you know i would sit down and say that like this is the last chance okay and then if she doesn't if she says okay i'll put it on the market and then she doesn't send her a letter certified mail Return receipt requested, so you have 
proof that the letter was delivered and saying, you have 10 days to get this house on the market, or I'm going to be in touch with an attorney and we are going to escalate this discussion. It's going to get really expensive. Right. Because dude, this is not going to go well. If this drags out five years, you understand that, right? Yes. And that's why I've been, that's why I wanted to call. Yeah. Who's paying the mortgage? Uh, we were splitting it. Yeah. And you don't live there? No. This is a problem. Right. And that's why I needed to talk to somebody because I have so many people in my life giving me different types of advice. And I listen to your guys' show quite a bit. And I figured I'd call and get some more advice. Yeah. How old are you guys? Um, I'm 30 and she's 27. Okay. And you uh, were in the house together for seven years or seven months. How, how long have you were you dating before all that? Five years. Wow. Mm. Hmm. So that's why it's kind of confusing and kind of heartbreak and yeah. Oh yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. I agree. I'm with you. Yeah. Right. Are you going to walk away with two thousand dollars as well, or is it not an even split? Yeah, it'd be about it'd be about two thousand some change each, which I'm okay with doing that. But she didn't seem to be okay with that. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to be okay with it. I mean, this is a, right. a stupid tax yeah. that well, we so all what, have to pay. What, what is her suggestion? Um, well, see, we did want to list it, and then she said no because she would only be walking away the two. So she wants to keep it and then try to put it on the market for after two years because then we wouldn't have to pay income tax. As you pay equity into a house, that there's you don't not even any live in. income tax if you make four thousand dollars. Right. The income tax is four hundred so, bucks. Yeah, that's what's going through her head. So See, that's I'm dumb. Not- Show her how math works, and maybe that will help speed this up. Oh, God. Because we're not going to ride this out for two years as you continue to pay a mortgage and build equity. Yeah, maybe. We, uh, this, we, know, we, we did not buy a rental property together for us to run together that you live in. No, you, you broke the marriage up, and so we're selling the house. Ready, set, go. If we lose $2,000 a piece, we're selling the house. Right. So this is not, an, this is not an investment that we maximize. Yeah, that was another thing I told her. It's going to cost us to sell this house, too. Yeah. You're both so. going to have to pay a stupid tax here, and it sucks. Yeah, this is a, yeah, wow. I'm sorry, Chris. Oh. Sorry you're facing this. But, yeah, you need to, you, you, being passive in this situation instead of proactive is not going to work. So I, I would sit down. I've had a lot of um, good things happen in conflict scenarios when I can sit down in person with someone. It changes the tone. Keep your voice real low and calm and just say, this is not going to work. We've got to get out of this. You broke my heart. I can't stay in this with you. We're not going to own this house together. We're going to put the house on the market this week. And if you don't do that, you're going to force me to become ugly and nasty about this. And I really don't want to. I just want to get away from this situation completely and now. And just real calm like that in person. Hopefully you can talk some sense into her that way without trying to do this. But really, I really don't bring up all the old stuff. All we're dealing with is a single issue. Get the house sold. That's all you deal with. Don't, don't, don't overlay all the problems and the 
fights and the other stuff in the relationship with this just or the things that you don't like about her or none of that okay even if she escalates you stay calm and just go look one thing one thing we're talking about the house one thing all we got to do is get rid of the house and then you got rid of me and until you get rid of the house you're not going to get rid of me and it's going to get ugly don't want to do that please don't make me You worked hard for your home. It should be a place where you can relax and refocus on your goals. And something as simple as window treatments can make the difference. If you're ready for an upgrade, we've recommended Blinds.com for years. And I've used them myself. That's because with Blinds.com, you don't have to sacrifice your budget, your style, or great service. From blinds, drapes, shutters, and motorized shades, they make it easy and affordable to upgrade your entire home. And their team is always ready to help with everything from design consultation to measuring and installation. Plus, there are never any misleading quotes or hidden fees. Everything is backed by their 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and shipping is always free. See why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Visit Blinds.com to save up to 40% off everything site-wide. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. George Campbell, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you are here. Please share this show. Subscribe for the sh- to the show. Follow the show. Like the show. Leave the show a five-star review. When you do all of those things, it really helps us with our ratings or rankings and causes other people to find out the show is here. And uh, we appreciate you. A whole bunch of you have obviously been doing that. We had number one on the Apple podcast last month, and that was our first time to hit that ranking. And uh, we can attribute that largely to you guys sharing the show, following the show, subscribing to the show, and leaving nice five-star reviews. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tom is in New York. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for having me on today. Sure. What's up? Um, so I'm currently a college student. Uh, I just graduated with my undergraduate degree, um, and I'm now working towards uh, an MBA. Uh, and I'll graduate here um, in about a year from now, so in this upcoming December. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, if I should continue to, you know, rent in this area or move back home with my parents uh, who live in New Jersey. Uh, now? Or when you graduate with the no, MBA? Well, uh, when I graduate, well, uh, yeah, because the, the timing with the leases and stuff, um, for the apartment that I'm currently in, I'll have to renew, um, you know, sometime this spring if I decide to stay. Um, where's your so job going to be? It. Uh, it's going to be either in New York city or, um, Jersey city. So very, very close commute, um, from where I'm currently living. How old are you? Then why would you move? I'm 22. Okay. So, okay. I'm sorry. Why would you move? The rent here is uh, very expensive. Uh, we'll say I current, the nice thing is I, I, I spend currently 2000 a month in rent. Um, but I do live with my brother who's graduated. He's a full-time job. So that's, that's the nice aspect. You know, I know it's 2000 is very expensive. Um, what will you be making? Sure with my, uh, my estimate is about 90 to 95. Okay. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So, but I didn't know if it was, if it's like, you know, a good decision to tie up so much of my, you know, income into, you know, rent just for the sake of not commuting four hours a day or yes. three hours a day. Yes. It's part of life. Okay. Part, part of growing up is not living in mama's basement. 
You're, yeah. you're a grown man with an MBA making 90 grand. You don't need to live in your mother's basement. Okay. And that's just part of life. I mean, and, and I mean, in New York City, 2000 isn't bad, dude. I mean, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Well, you, it's like 4000 but I split I know. the rent with my brother. Which is I know. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I had roommates up until I was married. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, okay. and, and you know, but I, and, and you have a reasonable life as far as commute goes and those kinds of things. Ultimately, you may end up making the decision that 100000 or 90000 is not enough to live in the city. It may or may not be. You can decide that later. But uh, as your first step following your MBA and following getting your new $90,000 job um, is not to move back home with your mom. No, I would not do that. I think that would be a mistake in – a lot of ways, but, uh, I, I think, I think it's just part of life, man. And then you got to start thinking about, okay, at what point am I going to, where am I going to be living that I end up putting down roots and buying something, but you don't have to decide that in the next 24 months. I mean, just get the job, enjoy the ride right now. You've done a great job. I like that advice. I moved out at 20 and I needed some problems, Dave, and those look like bills. Cause I, when I lived at home, I would spend every paycheck I made. Because I didn't have any bills. So I was enjoying life. There you go. Sarah's in Salt Lake City. Hey, Sarah, what's up? Hi, how are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? How can we help? Um, so qu- question first, and then I have some more background information. But my husband, who's 28, and myself, who's 27, we bought a $476,000 two-bed, two-bath condo in 2022. And we're now looking to start a family. So hopefully we'll be growing out of it sooner than we expected. Um, My question is, how should we tackle the mortgage in our particular situation? Should we be solely focused on paying off the mortgage or should we focus on other wealth building? Do you have any any other other debt? Yes, we have no personal debt, but we have two mortgages, the condo, and then another mortgage for an investment property that we have renters in. Mm. Okay. And how much is the payment on the investment property? About 1600 And how much is the rent on the investment property? 1650 You should sell the investment property. You are losing money. That's shocking. <laughs> Why is it shocking? A $50 cash flow is not a cash flow on a rental property. You should know that. Well, yeah, and I understand that, but it's more of a... Um, You're losing money. Why would you have an investment that loses money? Because in the future, it will hopefully make us money. Okay. The people that do that on real estate are the people that go broke doing real estate. So, okay. um, you're, 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 you have created an, uh, a destabilizing high risk situation in your life with that investment property. I own mm-hmm. several hundred million dollars worth of real estate. I love real estate. I have a degree in real estate. I've been doing real estate since 1978. I went broke in the real estate business in the eighties. I, I've done it all on real estate, Sarah. I, I'm a huge fan of real estate, but you've been sold a lie that the future gains in value are worth the risk that you all are taking and how much this is upsetting your current budget situation. 
because this house is costing you probably five or six thousand dollars a year out of pocket minimum mm-hmm. by the time in cash flow. Meanwhile, you're waiting on it to go up in value. And, uh, and and then you're calling about how to cancel the mortgage on the other side. The way to cancel the mortgage on the other side is get rid of your negative cash flowing rental property because by the time you have vacancy, legal expenses, and repairs, you're losing your butt on that rental property. One emergency away. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know one forty five hundred dollar heating and air unit. You know, and you're just you're baked. So um, that's what I would do. I'd get rid of that. As far as the current property that you're in, if you want to get rid of the mortgage on it, that's fine. Start paying the mortgage down uh, out of your income, uh, and then when you are ready to sell it to move to a different property because your family situation changes, then I would sell it. But right today, you don't have to worry about that because you're you know it's just in the future we're going to have a family. And I googled it, Dave. Babies can live in condos. Turns out, so you'll be okay in the. You mean bed. Google said that? Google said it. It told wow. me. Then if so it Google said it, then you don't need a whole lot of room to just put a crib in there, a little bassinet. The baby will be okay. It won't know the difference for the first five years of its life. Says the father of a four-month-old. There you go. There I speak go. from experience now, Dave, yes, as a new do. dad. Yes, you do. They don't take up much room. They're, They're so fairly tiny. small. Yeah. My dogs take up more room than they Your do. Your dogs take up a lot. Of room. On they the take bed. up emotional bandwidth too. But yeah. <laughs> living in my hand rent rent free, Dave. <laughs> and very expensive to boot. Yeah, Sarah, all real estate is not good. Only real estate that is paid for and is not causing you problems financially is good. And your property is not a good property. You're in a bad situation with it. I can't stress that enough. Um, I know that's bursting your bubble that you read somewhere that caused you guys to do this horrible deal. But that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm, I'm not a dream killer. I'm a nightmare preventer. Ooh, I like that. There's a difference. There's a difference. I don't believe in killing people's dreams, but if I can kill your nightmare, I will. Mm. And I've, I've owned that piece of property that she owns just like that, and it is... You're playing Russian roulette with your checkbook. I bet during this show we'll take a call from someone on the other side who's been there, who says, Dave, I have to get rid of this property. We're underwater on this thing. We had an emergency, and so we just don't want that for you. Yeah. It's, yeah we, you know, everything was fine, and we got laid off. Until you know. it didn't uh, work out on paper. This is The Ramsey Show. Most break-ins happen when your home is the most vulnerable in the middle of the day when no one is home. So I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. They're the best at what they do, protecting your whole home. Their award-winning system is backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, half the cost of traditional home security. And my listeners get 20% off their system when they sign up for Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafedirect.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. He is the author of the brand new book, Breaking Free from Broke, that is on the shelf today. You can find it at your local bookstore at RamseySolutions.com or, of course, uh, at Amazon. Anywhere you want to pick it up, Breaking Free from Broke, today's launch day on the book. We're celebrating around Ramsey. Congratulations, George. Thank you. It's been a fun morning. It's mostly Instagram I'm checking on. You know, everyone's posting about their books showing up in the mail, so it's been fun. That's cool. Very cool. Rebecca is with us in St. Louis. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. What's up? 
Well, um, my husband and I, we are big savers, and um, we are trying to figure out if we can afford an RV that we have been camping for a while, and we want to upgrade to an RV. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, RV costs about $110,000. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, our net worth is about $2.4 million. Mm-hmm. We um, make um, about 290000 a year combined. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on, currently on baby step seven. Mm-hmm. Um, we have about 125,000 left on our mortgage and, uh, we do have some rental properties, which is what is pissing us up. Um, the, we owe about 450,000 on spread across five or six different rental properties, mm-hmm. um, that are currently cash flowing. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to decide if we should pay off our house or the rentals, or if we can go ahead and get the RV. Okay. Um, and you have 110000 in cash? We do. Okay. How much do you have in cash? About uh, almost two hundred, about 175 Okay. And that okay. would leave us enough for more than six months of an emergency fund. What's the balance on your personal mortgage? 125000 Okay. Right. And I'm 40 and my husband is 41. Right. Um. The way we answer questions on this show is what would I do if I were in your shoes, okay? Um, You obviously have done very well with money. Congratulations. You're obviously smart people. You make a lot of money. Dumb people don't make $300,000, most of the time anyway, okay? Okay. So congratulations. Well done. Well done. So I I think the way Sharon and I – I know the way Sharon and I would lay this out at our house is – we would say, okay, there are three things we want to accomplish. We want to buy an RV, we want to pay off our mortgage, and we want to pay off the rentals. Right. What does it take to pay off the rentals? About 450000 And what are they worth? Uh, they're worth about $1.2 million. Okay. Um, all right. Um. Okay, the the slow way to do this is to lay those three things out, put them in some order of priority, and then apply the 175000 minus an emergency fund to that priority list, okay? Mm-hmm. And so one priority list could be pay off your home mortgage, then buy an RV, and then pay off the rentals. That could be an order, um, in which case you'd write a check today and pay off your mortgage. And then you save up very, very quickly out of your fabulous income and buy your RV. Um, Another order would be buy the RV first and then pay off your mortgage and then pay off the rentals. That's another order. Uh, Another order could be if we want to do this faster, we could pick out a couple of the rentals and sell them. And uh, when they sell, buy the RV. Um, Right. We thought about doing that. Um, We just are having trouble spending the money. We work so hard to save it. It's like a mental block almost, even to pay off the mortgage or to pay off, to buy the RV. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. We've been yeah, but, so long, but, but here's the thing. When you, um, when you take out a mortgage, you've already spent the money. When you pay it off, you're just admitting it. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, you already spent the money. You bought the house. Right, right. So, um, and here's the, here's the way. Okay. The one of the pieces of information that I found in the last 30 years is that 
wealthy people, which you are, do a good job, and I'm just going to challenge you to do this, to thinking, okay, what process here gives me the best life 10 years from today, not 10 minutes from today? Wealthy okay. people have long, the, one of the things that causes you to be able to build wealth is you have long planning horizons. Broke people say, thank God it's Friday, oh God, it's Monday, I do whatever I want, I'm living for the weekend, I'm Huey, Lewis in the, Huey Lewis in the news, right? Right, right. And wealthy people think 10 years from now what's going to be the best. And so that's how I'm trying to look at this. I do think you can quote unquote afford an RV when you buy it in the order would be just a matter of wisdom. Right. Thinking about the future. I can tell you Sharon and I would not buy the RV as the number one thing. Okay. We would pay off our house today. The mortgage. Yeah. Today. And then I would probably rearrange these um, rentals to where they end up, the ones I end up keeping are debt-free, and I try to clear some money towards the RV. Okay. Okay. I've got I've got boats. I mean, all these toys are just toys that go down in value, and you need right. you know it needs to pass the burn test. If I put that much money in the middle of the floor and burned it, does it ruin my life? And it passes the burn test. You're, you got a two million dollar net worth. If you burn one hundred and ten thousand dollars in the middle of the floor, which when you buy an RV, that's basically what you're doing. Okay. Right. When you buy a boat, that's- when I buy a boat, that's what I'm doing. I'm burning that because it's, it's just going to go down in value like crazy. I've got a boat. Right. That, I got a boat that costs more than that. Okay, but uh, but my net worth's higher than yours. Number one. Number two, I, I paid cash for it, and I don't have a home mortgage. Number three, I don't have rental mortgages and all these other things. So, but but I still, can I afford to burn that much money, and can I handle that? And um, I don't think you should burn one hundred and ten thousand dollars in the middle of the floor when you still have a home mortgage. Okay. So What's I, the goal with the RV for you guys? They, they just just love. occasional travel or. Yeah, we love it. We've been camping. Uh, we have a camper now that uh, we're just looking to go farther. Um, it's kind of hard. It's a little bit harder to tow with the family. And we yeah. thought this would be more fun. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we've sure. done a couple of times, and we did it on a little different subject. Um, we thought we wanted a a condo as a second property in such and such a city. I won't name the city. Okay. And so what we did was we rented one there for six months and, and we went three times in the six months and we figured out we didn't want a condo <laughs> in that city. Right. We ended up not buying in down there. I'm really glad I didn't buy a condo as a toy in that city as a little place to go when it's warmer. Right. And that kind of stuff. Right. And, right, uh, and right. so what you could do here is write a check. What we might do if we were in your shoes is write a check and buy the and pay off the house today, and then the next uh, for the next two years we're going to commit to budget out of our two hundred ninety thousand some RV rental fees, and I'm going to rent an RV and put it on the road and see if it's as much fun as we thought it was going to be in our mind, and you know, am I really going to use it enough to justify this? It might be that you end up. Are, you might end up uh, doing that. So I don't own a house in uh, on a ski slope in the Rockies, although we rent one periodically. Right, right. But we wouldn't use it enough to justify owning it, and I don't want it as an investment. I'd, I'd rather have my investment somewhere else. So that's an example. I, I would rather rent for the few times that I go skiing, once a year maybe or twice a year or something, I can – 
operate that property a whole i can operate a, an eight million dollar property for a, a few for ten thousand you know a few tens of thousands a week or whatever it ends up being a lot cheaper than i can screwing around putting eight million dollars over there on the side of a mountain and using it three times a year so and again that's one of those things we figured out that we don't want to own that even though we can quote unquote afford it so what would we do we'd write a check today and pay off the mortgage and we'd rent an rv a really nice one and i'd go on a trip in the rv and aggressively pay down the rentals or sell one and then once everything's dead free if you still want to buy the rv go for it write a check yeah. you'll feel better about it then yeah i'd pay down those rentals by either selling some of them or aggressively pay them down i'm with george on that as a third step it's a good question the answer is yes you can afford one and you should not buy it right now this is the ramsey show George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Three new books, all bestsellers. I'm predicting that for one of them. In our bookstore right now, Rachel Cruz's first ever children's book, number one bestseller on the children's list, I'm Glad for What I Have. Wonderful book. If you need bedtime stories for the little ones, it's great. Uh, Jade Washaw just hit the bestseller list with her a quick read on Ramsey Press, Money's Not a Math Problem, a brand new uh, quick read. It's only 70 pages long, so it's a quick read. And then George's brand new book comes out today, officially, launch day, Breaking Free from Broke, unbelievable data and uh, mixed with snark and uh, all kinds of research to back it up. And he takes on the villains of this world that are stealing your money from you. It's a book's out today. I'm predicting it to be on the bestseller list this time next week. I'll take that. Quinn is on the line in Ontario, Canada. Hi, Quinn. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi there. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can we help? Hi. Okay. So um, I am currently a student. I'm 23. Um, I'm finishing my undergrad degree um, next semester. So by January of 2025, I will be finished my undergrad. And then in the fall of that year, I will be going into um, a further education degree. So I haven't started paying any of my student debt yet. Um, but as someone who has pretty much little to no savings and wasn't really taught many financial skills, I'm worried that after I graduate and have to start paying back debt along with general cost of living that I'm going to end up in a poor financial situation and I really want to avoid that. What's your degree in, Quinn? Um, Currently it's in political science, but my advanced degree is going to be for teachers college afterwards, so I'll be teaching students. Okay. And what does a teacher, what does someone in teachers college in Canada make? So during, after, after you graduate and you're in your field, starting is around 45 to 50,000 a year. Um, and it gradually increases. You do get pretty good benefits if you're working in a public school, just because you fall under um, the public sector, which is pretty well covered by the government. That's wonderful. But the pay doesn't sound exciting. No, but it does increase a, a solid amount. I know it's not a crazy amount, but it's something that I'm passionate about doing. And I it, uh, okay, I, that's, yeah. that's 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 wonderful. I've got no issue with that. How much student loan debt have you got? It's it's really hard to say 
for certain. I, I estimate probably 40000 currently. Um, unfortunately, I did not qualify for any um, aid yeah, from the government. It's not hard to say for certain. You, you have a certain amount you've borrowed. It's an exact amount. Yes, so I because I started school when I was 17, so all of mine is under a line of credit as opposed to a loan. Um, so I don't have it under my name currently. It's still under my mother's bank account. So she technically owes all of this debt? Yes, but I will be paying it back. Okay, and when you graduate, how much will you have? <sighs> Probably closer to seventy. Okay, seventy thousand dollars in debt, making forty or forty-five thousand dollars a year. Did I understand that right? Yes, about that would be approximately, unless okay. things changed. And it doesn't help. We're also in a cost of living crisis here. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that we're continuing to borrow money. Yes. And so it's going to compound, and making forty-five, it's going to feel impossible to pay this off. You're going to be working three jobs for years just to clean this mess up into as you enter adulthood. Yes, I and I am fully aware of that. And your is mom is on the hook. Is she not concerned? Because she technically owes this money. So if you can't pay, which it sounds like you won't be able to, you're going to have a real relational issue with mom. Yes, we've we've discussed it and we are working on it. She also knows that it's not a great option. It uh, just unfortunately with her income, she, I literally did not receive any student support yeah. at all. No, but you, um, but that, we know that, but the, but you still yeah. made the choice to go down this road. Um, no one forced you to do this. So, um, yeah. they, so here's where you are. Number one, what I would do is between now and the time you graduate, I would limit the borrowing severely by working all the time. Mm-hmm. I want you to work four jobs while you're in college. I did. I didn't die from it and I still graduated. Okay. I want you to increase your income dramatically and your hours working dramatically between now and graduation mm-hmm. then, then to limit the amount. So let, let's try to not borrow any more is what I'm saying. You got 40 in the hole right now. What if you worked enough to pay cash for it all the way out? Boy, that'd be cool. That would cut the problem. Yeah, that, in would ha- be that would cut the problem in half, but that's going to be yeah. very strenuous. Oh, well, so is coming out of school and owing 75 or 80 grand. Okay. So yeah. we're going to just choose which one's going to be strenuous. So I'm going to do that, number one. Then number two, go ahead and have a plan to do tutoring and or some kinds of side hustles as soon as you graduate in addition to your job as a teacher uh, because you're going to have to increase your income over the 40 to be able to pay the 40 with, as you said, lifestyle and just the cost of living. So, um, yeah, I, I, we, we, there's two things we talk about around here, Quinn, all the time is shovel and hole. The hole that you're in is the debt. The shovel is your income. And we look at the shovel-to-hole ratio. If you call me up and say, I got $80,000 in debt, and I make 300000 a year, you got a really big shovel and a medium-sized hole. You, on the other hand, have a big hole and a small shovel. And that's what's panicking, George and I, for you. We, we're worried about you. We love you, and we want you to win. And so... Uh, you know, the way you're going to win is you're going to get that shovel bigger and that's your income while you're in school goes up so that your hole doesn't get any bigger. And then number two, when you do get out of school, you're going to get, you're going to anticipate working more than just the main day job. 
And Quinn, I'm going to encourage you to go watch Borrowed Future. It's free on YouTube. It's our documentary on the student loan crisis. And it will also show you some steps that will inspire you to continue and try to go debt-free for the remainder of your schooling. Because we just see too many really sad stories of people's adulthood being stunted by student loans. And then the parents are calling into the show saying, my kids stopped paying on this loan that my name is on. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. We've just seen it all. Yeah, and I just don't want that for you. I, I, you're worried about this, and um, I, I don't want you to stay in the state of worry. I want you to shift that fear energy that you've got towards action to do something about it. And that's what I'm prescribing here is lots of work, lots of work and lots of hours uh, during the remainder of time you're in school and for a short time after you get out of school to be able to clear this. Because if you can clear all this debt – by one year after graduation, then you're making 45000 It's a lot more tenable than just, I don't know how I'm going to get this paid because this math doesn't work. That's not a and We've seen the stats, Dave. People who work part-time while in college, 15 to 20 hours a week, have a higher GPA than those who don't. Yep. Because you need this thing called discipline and yep. a schedule. You're not fooling around. You're getting your schoolwork done. You're going to work. Yeah. And, and the problem with these situations that people face is it – when you're when you're a student in her situation, if you're in that situation right now, you're facing what she's facing, which is pay me now or pay me later. You're either going to pay me later with interest and a lot more worry and a bigger problem later, or you're going to go and figure out a way now to avoid that debt, and it's pay me now. And that's coming up with um, you know an uncomfortable lifestyle while you're a student. Oh, well. That's choosing your heart right there. Yeah, the it's going to be hard either way. The goal here is not college experience. The goal here is college degree and knowledge. Couldn't give a crap less about your experience, honestly. I, my, for your what sake. an expensive way to have an experience. Just go to Europe, guys, if you're going to yeah. blow forty grand a year. If you're going to play beer pong, just go play beer pong. It's a lot cheaper. You can do it for basically free. Yeah. That's not what she's doing, but those of no. you that are out there not willing to pay a price to win. And, uh, yeah, that's, wow, ouch. This is The Ramsey Show.